Welcome everybody to the Therapeutic Blueprint podcast. This is season two, episode 10. And tonight we are going to be talking about working with families. My name is Hannah and also we've got on the panel editor-in-chief Ian and producer Stu. Say hello, guys. Hello. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Well, that was better, Stu. <laughs> um, so, let's open up this discussion first. Um, I think for a change, I'm going to hand this one over to Stu to start with. That's not a change. Um, it, it is a change. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> Handing it over to Stu about what is the first thought that you have when you think about working with families? Ah... Uh. I should I should be better prepared having come up with the idea for this episode, but um, <laughs> and that you work with families. <laughs> yeah, I suppose thinking about working with families in residential care, um, we kind of know now that you know children are going to be with us until the until they're with us until they're with us no longer, as in until they move on, um, and we know that families are always going to be part of their lives, whether the families have been good influences, bad influences, or just influences. Um, I think we have to accept and realise that it's it's in their best interest for us to develop a working relationship with family members. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes that can be difficult because of the circumstances that have led to their, their, their child becoming looked after. But we have to look at in the context of what may have been happening then and what has been learned and lessons learned in the meantime. So... Um, knowing that children are always going to gravitate to the family because why wouldn't they? That's that's um, going to be important people to them. It's it's in their best interests and our best interest to work together, to work in partnership, to to help to help that child and the adult in the future. Mm. Do you know what? It, it was interesting because I was thinking about my initial thoughts on it, and I think certainly back in the in the old olden days of starting my career, I think it was very much if you're on a section twenty, we'll 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 do work with you because we have to, and if you're on a section thirty one, we don't need to do any work with the parents, which is absolutely terrible because on both incidences you should absolutely be working with the children. It doesn't matter if they're up the children's site, of course. Well, that's a, that's granted, but I mean working with the families. And I think what it was, it was kind of if you see parents on a section thirty one, well, that's not our responsibility as a children's home. And actually, even at times, I'm sure you both remember that even on a section 20 it was kind of quite dismissive of the families as well even though they were meant to be working in partnership and I think I think you touched on a couple of things with what you said and my brain goes with it is it can be hard sometimes because as you know that there's a hit there there's some history that we is not nice and we don't always like to hear but also like one of the things that we're not meant to do is judge and I do think naturally as humans we do judge but sometimes we we don't get to know the person we don't build the relationships with the families which actually is a really key element because as you said Stu as soon as they turn 18 who are you naturally going to gravitate towards you're going to go back to your families you just will because that's what we do and you know we've seen it time and time again so wouldn't we rather support the children with the families and work together you know it's part of that multi-agency working it's part of that dyadic which is really important um but sometimes i think we also our own feelings get involved 
and we have to be honest about that. Yeah. Ian, what's your first thoughts about it when you think of working with families? I think working with families, we have to be honest that it can be a challenge. Yeah. Like any relationship. Yeah. Um, but I see it as an investment. Um, mm. I think the more we effort we put in to try and work through some of the barriers and uh, the challenges, at the end of the day, we get a better outcomes for the children. So it is an investment and it's a worthwhile investment. Um, but it, like any investment, it's not an easy ride, is yeah. it? Sometimes, you know, we have a lot of, you know, changing in family dynamics. Sometimes it's been difficult to locate family members or, you know, yeah. inconsistent um, responses from them and, you know, them letting children down when they're supposed to be visiting and things like that. Um, but also how, you know, often... I think a common factor is family members' mental health fluctuating yeah, and other things going on for them. So th there's reasons as well why sometimes family members go off the radar. Um, yeah. And also, like, some family members going in and out of prison. Yeah, yeah. And I think... And, I think and managing that. Yeah, and I think on that, we, we're in a, a blessed, blessed situation where we can support children to reunify or to reintegrate with their family safely with with our backup you know so we can yeah. kind of pick up those pieces and not not kind of i don't think we should have to defend bad parenting um and justify some you know bad decisions that people may have made but i think one of the ways that we know that we're human beings is that we make mistakes and it's about how we learn from those mistakes that that help us grow and help us become better so I think we can assist children with, you know, some of that kind of forgiveness, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, but do you know what my other my other thought actually goes to what what is the problem that we're doing in all this too? It's a lot of deflecting onto families and what they're doing wrong. But actually, I want to look at what we do wrong. And I and I always think about from the outset, children's homes communication within themselves can, all, can often be very, very challenging. You're working with teams of anything where between six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirty 30 staff members in one home. And I always think of the families, if they've got that amount of people calling them, often with exactly the same questions yeah. or the same answer to something. Also, that will, uh, parents will naturally feel judged, which isn't okay, and I'm not okaying it either because it must be really hard for them. I always try and put myself in their shoes and how they would feel within this because you know, their children don't live with them anymore and there's going to always be guilt around that no matter what. There's always going to be shame around that no matter what. And there's us. And sometimes, let's be, let's be honest here, it might be Hannah as a 21-year-old turning around and trying to say, well, this is how you should have parented. And Hannah as a 21-year-old didn't have children. Do you know what I'm saying? It can feel quite... I think we have to be really conscious of ourselves and our approach working with families because I think, you know, walking into a children's home where your child's living, when you're going to automatically have a load of adults watching your every move, uh, because they're protective and not in a bad way, but in a, in a way that they're protective over these children. But no wonder sometimes parents can come in standoffish because, quite frankly, I think I would if I was in their shoes because I would just feel so uncomfortable with the whole process. And I think 
that's why I really think it's so important to build relationships with the, the families as best as you can. And we all know how hard it can be sometimes. However, there's other times where it's not hard yeah. and it's more fluid and it's amazing. And even the hard ones, when you have that breakthrough, it's amazing. And, that you know, there's other times where, unfortunately, the more you build a relationship, the more you know there's a problem. And then that's evidence to go in a direction that's not always good. But also, when you see them really working with us, it's evidence to say things are going really well. And mm. we expect this, these amazing expectations of families and parents. But we've got to also come back to good enough parenting because actually, haven't we all had those days where it's just getting by? Yeah. <laughs> You're just getting by. you just got to Absolutely. get through the day. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, Ian, you've got parents' mental health involved. And some mental health is just, well, all mental health is awful, isn't it? But some is just so, we can't imagine what it's like trying to get out of bed in the morning when they're struggling the way that they're struggling. And then you'll have someone who rings them up on the phone and you'll be like, you said you were, meant to ring, you were meant to ring your child at this point, and they didn't. And absolutely, we've got to advocate for the child, but we could also approach it. Is everything all right? Yeah. Like, are you yeah. all right? What is something happened? Because I know we were meant to have this call, but I just want to check in on you first yeah. and see. Don't worry yeah. if you've... Because we're also human and we miss things. So... What are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I just think sometimes I'm really cautious that we don't help the situations in residential either, and we have to own that as as well. I, I agree. I think listening to what you just said and it, and and during that what you were saying there, I was reflecting and and do we consider our our relationship with families? on admission or when children are coming to live with us, do we think about matching key workers or, you know, and that kind of stuff to, to the yeah. parents also? Do we meet with parents before children come, come and live with us? And if not, why yeah. not? And could, yeah. we, could we start to do those things a little bit differently? Because it's not, something, not practice that I'm very much aware of and, and I've, I've been around for longer than both of you, as you like to remind me every so often. But you know, it, really, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It, it is something that perhaps we could. I, I suppose what I'm thinking is, is if we could always work with a view of reunification to family in our minds, then it would help. Yeah. It would help us with our practice better. Whereas actually, yeah. I think earlier in my career, maybe I didn't. Um, and maybe with some parents I did and some parents I didn't. Oh, I agree. I think we've all, if we were honest, yeah. we've all been there. Yeah. And we probably will be again in the future because yeah. there's times that we know that we'll, we'll come up against something we, and our mummer and dad are bears in us come out and we want to be protective over our children. Yeah. We're, we're only human and we have to check ourselves constantly, don't we, for that? Um, but I just think, I like the way you put the reunification, Stu, because for me, it goes back to, again, at 18, they probably will. So that reunification might be something that we never see, but hopefully we can help build on their relationships. Like you just, for me, when I was a manager, the, one of the things I would do before a child moved in was meet with the families because 
I wanted them to get to know me, partly because, hello, I'm the manager and, you know, I'm looking after your child. Two, I could kind of see what the dynamics were going on, where the problems might have been before, where they might be coming up and try and air things out and know that I'm, you know, one to work with you. Sometimes it's not possible and we all know that. But I do think meeting with families is super important and, you know, if you remember, Stu, we did, and with two of our families, not the third, um, and one was on a section 20, one was on a section 31, and we did justice mouth work with both families. The third one, we couldn't do because uh, yeah, of yeah, safety yeah. reasons, but the others we could. And, like, for me, yeah. that's one of the things I learned over the years where I definitely missed... You know, I didn't even... Re- to be honest, when I first died, I didn't even really realise the responsibility of a Section 20. I was yeah. just like, oh, OK. <laughs> like, I didn't know what that meant. No-one told me. I do recall, but those were the exception, not the rule. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's why yeah, they, yeah. Kind of, they, yeah, they kind of... They kind of forget them. Yeah, what what's your thoughts on it, Ian? Just listening to you both, then it, it makes me think straight away um, that the rules of price apply to everybody mm-hmm. that we work with, and yeah. and actually pay supplies to. Like um, when you were talking about Hannah, that that check in, you know, we're expecting a call. Are you okay? That curiosity around that, that empathy, yeah. that acceptance that actually, yeah, this parent's going through a difficult time right now. Um, yeah. We can't necessarily fix that but we no. can support the child and the parent through it within yeah. our you know within our professional remit as well at the same time because we, i think uh it's a balance there isn't it between our duty to to work with parents for the the benefit of the child but also to know that th- there's a limitation isn't it to how involved we get with parents and where other well, services think- might be better equipped to That's support it. them but I think you're right, Ian, though, because for me it was like, well, every every decision as a manager I did around communication with families, as in, yes, we went in and did work with some families, was agreed by the social work team and the IRO. Like, because for me, the other element was, I remember, and if you if you remember, Stu, there one family in particular, one case in particular, actually, because it was only, it was a single parent, but... The, the social worker was amazing. She just didn't have that time. Her caseload was so high that I was like, if you're happy, I'll go in and do that work with the parent. And she would chip in and out and we would update each other all the time. And actually, it, it built a very good relationship with the social work team too. Um, yeah. But at every point, everything we did was agreed. It wasn't just me, like, going off and doing it. And it was me... It, yeah. bit, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a decision that was led, and we, I, I knew I could do it. But there'll be other cases where I'd be like, no, actually, I wouldn't be able to do that, and that's where. But I think it's again, it's supporting other. It's about supporting other agencies and professionals. I was also thinking there as well about uh, how therapeutic we are with with parents. Um, we used to actually have training um, called talking to families and listening to families years ago. Oh. Which was interesting, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going back now, so, yeah, <laughs> bit of a blurry haze. But um, I think it was really important that, where I worked at the time, recognise the importance of um, training staff in that area and getting staff to think about the different dynamics and, and you know, just creating a culture of working with families and, and recognising the importance of that. Could I mm. ask Ian, could I ask Ian, because I'm... 
I'm guessing, and we won't say the name of the place, but was this when you worked with children with disabilities? Yeah, because most of those children would have been on a Section 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vast yeah, majority yeah. of them. Yeah, but, yeah, you're but right. But also I think there's a different relationship with children with disabilities than children that have come in based on neglect or abuse yeah. or, and things like that. Yes, so that, I agree with that. That's why I asked that question, not to kind of... But No, no, we, absolutely. Um, I was I was also thinking as we talked there, you know, but also let's not forget the power that the power that knowing what somebody looks like, knowing what somebody sounds like, knowing what their yeah. living room looks like, where a child's come from. The the power yeah. of that connection cannot be underestimated. And you again, it connects the story. dots. Yeah. It, it helps things to make sense. It's life story work, isn't it? It's that, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's that, I, I you know, I've, I've seen what your house like, I've smelt what your house likes, and I don't mean that in a negative way. But, you know, I've met no, your dog. No. I've seen your budget. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I've, yeah. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> the dog. It gives you something <laughs> to talk about next time. Yeah. Yeah, how's the dog Sorry. doing? You know, it gives I got you stuck a, on the budget. It gives you an ice-breaking point. Yeah, Doesn't yeah, it, it does. Because you, you've it got does. a few... You know, because you, you need that sometimes, a bit of general chit-chat and small talk to to check in first, don't you? If, if you know you're going to have to have a bit of a, a difficult conversation, it really helps to be able to to work your way into that sometimes and build that connection. For Again, going back to pace, connection before correction still applies with parents. Just, a, just about to does. say the same words. And that applies to adults as much as it does to children. It does. It does, yeah, yeah. We don't just oh, work therapeutically with the children. It, it's a whole, yeah, across the board. And also it's remembering that these these are our children's families. Yeah. Like, you know, we've all know that we can say whatever we want about our own families, but God help anyone who says it about them to us. <laughs> and I always say yeah. that for people to be super mindful of what we say to the children. Because, you know, if I honestly, if I was a child and I thought someone was judging my family, I would shut down. I might know the truth, I might know what actually happened, but I would still shut down because they were my family. And I think sometimes... Yeah, yeah, and I, and I do think sometimes we have these conversations with families and we can get off the phone and we can be frustrated. Um, but And sometimes, look, with the, it, I'm not saying it's not bad for children to see, like, the professional to challenge parents at times when it's appropriate in meetings for them to be stood up to, but it's also really nice for them to see role modelling of... I'm going to be really respectful here because this is your family and I'm not here to judge. The judgment's already made for the fact that the child's living in the children's home. Like, that's not what my role is now. My role is to be supportive for everybody. And I just think it's an area that's often missed is working with families. And I think it, and I, my experience is it's because, well, that's not what we're here to do. And I'm like, of course, of course we are. Yes, we are here to do that. We're here to help everybody navigate this crazy, um, not normal environment because it's not normal to live in a residential children's home. We know that. I'm going to ask because I, I, I don't know them off by heart, but I know someone who kind of does. Is, does, is there talk of this in the regs and the, in the standards for children's homes? I know there's talk of family time and contact and things like that, but... Is there anything about kind of partnership working with families? Are you reached? I can see how they're reaching for something. <laughs> I could reach in with my book this <laughs> oh, on the show. Oh my god! 
For the, for listeners, I... what you don't know is <laughs> Hannah is reaching for these standards that she's had since 2016 that still have since coffee stains on them, don't they? <laughs> they go in my handbag, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Those I've had these. Other. <laughs> yeah, they are. You look. You can see over the camera. <laughs> it's still I the same one. I for you, actually. It's got hot chocolate. It's got mocha all over it. I reunited them, you with those, because you they, they went missing for a while. They did. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any actually specific. I mean, part of me clearly goes to the positive relationship standard, because I know that's about children, but I think again, it's about role modelling. Um, positive behaviour, you know, if they've come from a family that, say, might be domestic violent violent background and we're going into multi-agency meetings and it's getting fiery in there, but we're staying calm, the child's calm, we're calm, we're modelling that positive and we're going to be respectful to your parents, we're going to be respectful to your family. Um, I'm just going through it at the minute. I know that, obviously, you can't use children not seeing their family as yeah, a that consequence. You can't yeah. use that. Reg, yeah, Reg 19, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, nothing... Interesting, when you said it, normally something comes to my brain and my nothing really came in apart from that measure of not allowing them to... Um, get, not... Uh, Being sorry, able what to you refuse. said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was that. Yeah, that's the only thing that came to my mind when yeah. you said that. And interesting that that regs that regs more around prohibited sanctions, isn't it? Um, yeah, than, than, it is. than families specifically. It's just that particular particular line in there, isn't it, with regards to that? And again, I'm not I'm not saying there there has to be, but but I suppose this thing kind of you know, begs the question, I suppose, you know, within your own home, could you then consider writing a, your own kind of policy on that? You know what I mean? Oh, hang on. I found something. I hey. found something. I, I was like, the care planning standard, that was my only other thought, and I'm just... Sorry, as you guys were talking, I was going through the care planning standard. Um, subject to Regulation 22, contact contact yeah. and a- access Plans. to communications, yeah. contact between each child and child's parents, relatives and friends is promoted in accordance with the child's relevant plans. Um, I suppose, to me, it would fall under the care planning to making sure that we're actually promoting communication where safe. And the likelihood is that's going to be more in the um, child's um, looked-after review meetings, so that, that that care plan would... That, and that definitely is a part of those. But again, but again, I just think it would be worthwhile kind of having having something for your team to kind of a policy... Not necessarily, you know, again, the policy can't go against the the care plan, but just something that kind of talks about the, your, ho- your own home's... More, yeah. Yeah, your own home's ethos and policy and feeling towards working with families. Yeah, because a contact plan only really talks about the arrangements. It, yeah, it doesn't talk about the fine yeah. details and the the important the nurturing aspects and the yeah like you say the ethos the approach you know my other thought went with it is which sometimes also gets missed is when a child moves into a children's home by local authority you're essentially being commissioned to do work and part of my um 
a placement plan meeting or prior to that even was what are you commissioning us to do yeah. Yeah. and yeah. And that, because you know, if commissioning to live in the children's home, well, that doesn't mean anything. Like, what is what is the long, one? What is the plan? Which is like you said, is it foster care? Is it reunification? Is it where? But that could also be part of that. Like, what are you wanting us to do? Is it if this is reunification back into living with the family? Then do you what do you want us to do with the parent side of it? And that's part of the discussion for me that happens then too. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And but again, that's. That's your own doing, isn't it? That's the, what, what you may choose to do. Yeah, yes, it's just, yes, it's just, yes, it's yes, just a conversation. Standard, no. yeah. And this is why we do this, and this, you know, out out of out of this conversation, this idea has come. I, you know, it's not it's not final, and it doesn't have to be. But I think if it was something that, if I was about to start working in a children's home again or setting up a children's home, it's something I would genuinely put high on the list of what we what what I would want to achieve while that child was living with us too. And I think it's important that we're not permissive towards parents at the same time though. You know, yeah, when we yeah. think about therapeutic parenting, the, the the rules still apply in terms of the balance between warmth and firmness. Yeah, yeah. You know, being totally. empathetic kind towards them, understanding, yeah. supportive, but also that there does there does have to be an element of expectation as well, and an element of boundaries, doesn't it? Um, because end of the at the end of the day, if we're too permissive, the child can suffer because of of that as well, or other children in the home actually. Oh, For example, yeah, if they're just turning up whenever and, and things like that, so where uh, this there still needs to be an understanding around conduct, doesn't there? And yeah. Definitely, but I yeah. but I also think, for example, this is just me pulling out nothing out of something. But like, I also think with that, Ian, the more you build a relationship with someone, say a child was on a section twenty, and the more you're building a relationship with the family, the more concerns you were having, then the more evidence you have to actually go to the social work team and say, I've actually got some really concerns here. Here's my yeah. chronology of reasons why we might need to look at a thirty-one. Like absolutely, that, yeah, yeah. and that's again. Again, like I'm just linking it kind of to what you're saying, where actually you've got to be firmer because we're here to protect the children ultimately, aren't we? Yeah, and yeah. it and it and it, absolutely it's different, like you said, Stu, when we're looking at learning disabilities, it's a different version of a section twenty. Um, but that's also yeah. something that we should talk about and explain because we might not be talking about abuse. However, for a child it's still a loss because they're not living in their family home anymore. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's still going to feel something from that. No, we're not talking about the parents here, but um, it's just looking at things outside the box, I suppose, a little bit. But think, speaking of thinking outside the box, we've we've started to talk about this. We've been talking about 25 minutes now. We've only talked about parents. And there's not just parents in families, it's there. There's brothers, there's sisters, there's cousins, oh, yeah. there's aunts, there's uncles, yeah. there's grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we Special have to consider guardianships, all we that, have to yeah. consider to consider these people. You know, I mean I'm yeah. I'm going back to ourselves, Hannah, when when we were together that you know, one of yeah. our children, his brother still lived at home with mum yeah. and he would yeah, come yeah. he would come and have sleepovers at our home. Yeah. Do you know, and yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and doing things like that because it's it's it it's not just that separation and that loss and that grief of losing parents. It's the entire family. 
Yeah, so how, how, yeah, can, yeah, you know, how can we promote that and encourage that more, balancing the needs of all the children at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. And also going back to that time, Stu, we worked mainly with a sister for a long time because the sister was a lot older and ended up being more like a parent to one of our children. So we were working a lot with the sister um, who was a lot older. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's there's and grandparents as well. I always feel for grandparents because. Yeah, they really, yeah. from my experience, grandparents are really, really try, and it's just that they're elderly and don't have that ability anymore to look after the the children, and there's a lot of guilt around that. And there, y- yeah, there is. On, I you? just want to pick up on the fact that not all grandparents are elderly. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, yeah, no, that's valid. I think I'm just going from my experience with yeah. the ones I've worked with. But no, you're absolutely because, right. Because I see working in a social care office um, on on that side of it now that that very much grandparents are leaned on, that grandparents are the first people. That, and let's not forget these these grandparents have raised their children. They've done that part of their life. Now they're absolutely. looking forward to being to being grandparents, and often they get yep. pushed back into the parenting position. The parent role, yeah, and yep. and they've common. done it, and it can and things can repeat themselves, and that can trigger things. And actually it might mean that grandparents don't feel that they can do, can continue to care for, for children. And then that impact on that relationship, we, we can sometimes, for, for, for wanting to do the best for people, we can really do some damage as well, unwittingly, I have to admit. Yeah. 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 Well, Sorry. that's why it's important to talk about it, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, it, I always think we just have to... Yeah, we have to, ref- well, I suppose it's what we're doing. We have to reflect on the impact that we have and what we could be doing and contributing and what we can do better at. And also what we do well at, and we do do well at handling challenging families because we've all had challenging families and it is hard work and it does feel relentless at times um and you know you've got to put on your game face a lot don't you we've all been there and we have yeah, to talk about yeah. that too um, Absolutely. because because we're dealing like I said because we're dealing with shame and because we're dealing with guilt and and also jealousy we get a lot of jealousy as well uh, over yeah. the years yeah, you know yeah, when yeah. we when they start seeing improvement in their children even though it's wonderful on one hand it's like it feels horrible on the other for them because why couldn't they do it you do oh, yeah. not as that's not my opinion but that's how I've heard them talk the to me before about sometimes yeah. it can yeah, be yeah. absolutely and yeah they're projecting their guilt onto us, and I know I've mentioned that on previous episodes. Um, yeah, and, and like you say, that jealousy, Hannah, that in their eyes we might have something in terms of a relationship that they perceive they haven't. And and again, perception's such an important thing, isn't it, that, um, you know, from our perception we might think, well, that they'll always have something that we won't have. They're their parents, they're their flesh and blood at the end of the day, but... That parent might not see it like that. They they're just seeing that they've got a connection with those staff members that I haven't got. Yeah, and it's helping them to understand sometimes. But you have got something very magical still, or the potential for something to be very magical if you work and and maintain that as well. And 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 if you work with us and let us let us support you with that. Absolutely. But I think on this one, it was just a short episode tonight, guys. So I think we will leave it there. Um, I hope it's given a few people a food for thought anyway. It's definitely given me some food for thought on areas that 
I think I need to develop on as well. So it was great chatting to you both. Thank you to everybody out there listening. And we will speak to you all next month. Take care. Say bye, guys. Bye. Adios. Bye.